You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, first of all, I apologize for no uh, uh, Packernet after dark, as well as getting this out a little bit late. Um, I did the roundtable thing um, with uh, Clayton and Jacob and Goose a little bit, but um, I don't know, shortly after, I was really not feeling great and kind of just needed to sleep it off, and I'm still not feeling... 100%, but um, for whatever reason, I snapped awake at uh, 4.30. I just said, you know what, let's grab some coffee and uh, give her the old college try, huh? But I don't want people to think, oh, he just threw a temper tantrum and now he won't do a show and whatever. It's it's not what's going on. Um, I really was honestly hoping to do Packernet After Dark first just to kind of hear what people had to say and help sort out my thoughts. I was glad I was able to do the roundtable to at least kind of help with that. Um, but I, I, it's so weird because it just feels like there's not much left to say that hasn't already been said. The, the, you know, I, just, I saw yesterday, I think, Brett Coleman, who does a lot of X's and O's breakdown stuff. And I'll be honest, I watched the video, but I only kind of half watched it. I was doing other stuff, so I didn't kind of catch everything that he was saying, but um, I believe the name of the video is The Packers' Offense is Broken. Let me double-check that. Sorry, no, The Packers are Broken, and he did go through the the defense and stuff as well, I believe. But, um, I mean, I don't think he could be any more vindicated. One, or not even one week. He released it yesterday. One day ago, he released a video called The Packers are Broken, and then the Packers go on to lose to the Detroit Lions and, um, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't matter how low we set the bar. We just keep crashing through it. And, um, look, I, I just, again, I'm, I'm not telling you you can't be an optimist and, and kind of handle this the way you want to handle this. But, but I, I will say there really is no more room for excuses. There's no more room for well, maybe this will be the spark, or maybe we're going to turn it around. Or may- There's no more maybes, right? And if you want to just kind of retreat into, well, I love my team no matter what, and I love the guys, and all right, that's great. I just don't think that gets us anywhere. We can't have a conversation if we're just going to kind of turtle up into, well, I love the guys. Cool. Any other thoughts? Nope. Not talking about it. Because if there's nothing nice to say, then I'm not saying it. Well, that's fine, but I have a podcast to do, so I can't really do that. So, well, let, let's, boy, oh boy, where do we start? Um, I, I can't help but focus on where do we go from here. I said yesterday, I think, when I was going through some of the games and whatnot, the hard part about looking at all the other games is I don't know who I want to win and lose because I don't know if we want the playoffs or an early pick. I have a very, very clear answer now. We are not going to the playoffs. That will not happen. 
even if you think that somehow losing to the team that is 32nd on offense and 32nd on defense and 32nd in a litany of stats this season, even if you think that isn't answer enough, and maybe we're going to turn it around, blah, 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 did you notice that we lost Romeo Dobbs? Did you see that Aaron Jones and Dobbs are both in a walking boot? Did you see that Rashawn Gary might be done for the year? Christian Watson is down again. I haven't seen yet, but if it's a second concussion, that could be very serious. The, the guy has, well, let's just say two injuries on two plays. I'm not, I'm not going at Watson. I'm just saying that it's kind of becoming serious for him. Let's do this, because I'm, I'm not even completely caught up. Again, we, the game ended, immediately did the, uh, the postgame, and then, um, again, not feeling great, went to bed. So why don't we just comb through the Twitter timeline? As, as silly as that sounds, just because that's a great way to really look at, first of all, what the heck is going on, some of the stats, some of the information. Um, because I promise you, if you're not beaten down already, this should help. All right? And then I want to go through the press conferences and everything else, um, because I think we, we kind of need to... I mean, we know where we are, that's for sure. But I want to make sure we, we really know where we're at. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the comments from the press conference because, again, I want to do that separately and live or whatever. Let's start with this. This, this kind of breaks my heart. As, as, <laughs> as much as I tend to agree that things with Rodgers are not good, you don't really want to see stuff like this. Um, Lil Wayne, probably the biggest well-known, uh, famous Packer fan, guy that um, wrote some banger songs for the Packers, Tweet it out. RIP to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 before the season. And, and again, the, the hard part about all this is you look at that and go, oh, that ain't right. But I don't know how, you, how else you could say he's wrong because he isn't. And I'm sorry, I just, I just I don't want to have to put the caveat of I'm not saying it's all 12's fault. Let's just stop. All right. It's not all 12's fault. It's not all Lafleur's fault. It's not all anybody's fault. But it is everybody's fault. And I'm not going to keep apologizing for saying I'm, I'm not happy with Rodgers. I'm not happy with Lafleur. I'm not happy with a lot of different things with this team. As somebody that has spent years defending Rodgers and Lafleur and pretty much everybody else that I'm going to throw under the bus, I don't feel the need to apologize or to qualify my opinions on these matters. I had thoughts and opinions prior to the start of the season, and I'm telling you I was wrong, and I'm moving on with the information as it is. Because that's all that matters. This is what is. Big defender of Brian Gutekunst, but guess what? He got this season very, very wrong, and he continues to get this season wrong. I've always been concerned about the way that he's been handling contracts and everything, but at the same time, we got Rodgers. I guess I get it. Let's just keep pushing. But we pushed way too far when we decided to give the man another contract. Then he tried to pay Devontae on top of it. We spent a ton of money. We kept pushing money out. We went out in free agency, and now at the trade deadline, we're trying to get Darren Waller. We're trying to get uh, Chase Claypool. We're trying to... Why? Why are you doing this? We almost lost a second-round pick. If the Steelers weren't stupid in thinking that the Bears were somehow worse than us, they would have taken our second-round pick because they would have realized our second-round pick is better. And we would be without a second-round pick and Chase Claypool. whoop de freaking do I don't want Chase Claypool. Not for this season, not for the future, nothing. I don't want Darren Waller. And the fact that that guy 
is still trying to figure out it's it's like he doesn't have another plan and and from my perspective he has a very unique ability to find talent and to turn a team around he did it once in unbelievable record time then he hit on some key draft picks and he also did some incredible things in free agency in which he had an unbelievable ability to find guys that have massively overperformed their expectations, and we ended up underpaying every single one of them. Zadarius, Preston, Amos, all underpaid. Razul, Devondre, he has found some really, really key pieces. I'm not saying everybody, but nobody hits on everybody. So the fact that he is so scared of actually having to man up and be a GM and kind of go through a rebuild is shocking, especially considering it was my understanding that most GMs want to be able to take ownership of a team and not ride the coattails of the last GM. But he doesn't seem to want to take that step and say, you know what, I'm going to take this. This is my time now. I mean, I've done a great job with this, but we can move on from Rodgers and Bakhtiari and some of those Ted Thompson picks, and I get to build my own team my own way with, with my coach so that we can build in that direction as opposed to kind of building in this direction, but also kind of just letting Matt LaFleur run the old offense with the old players. You want to hear me trash Goot? There you go. That's my issue. It has nothing to do with him not being aggressive enough. If that's what you think, you're way off. I'm sorry. He's been too aggressive in trying to keep this thing going, and now it broke and, 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 and we're stuck out at sea. So Wheezy F Baby... Latunchi, the alien, is right. RIP to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 before the season. That's not just a dig at a guy that we're mad at. It's a reality. It's, it's not even debatable at this point. Aaron Nagler. Looks like McCarthy never left, which is what I feel like I've been saying all year. Five straight losses in five different stadiums. The last time I believe we, we lost uh, five in a row was... Uh, 2007, and before that was 1990. Next three games are, you look at it and you think, there's very little chance we're going to win those next three games. Here's the thing, the Packers have never in their history lost eight in a row, according to somebody. I haven't verified that. Let me verify that, just because I don't want to say something stupid that isn't true. Yeah, not true. Um, here, here is the situation, though. That's why you got to verify. Don't just, you know, believe everything. Last time we lost five in a row was 2008. In 1990, we lost seven in a row. If we get to eight in a row, we're all the way back to 1953. We lost eight in a row. And if we lose nine in a row, that'll be 1948. And it's so weird because it's like, you know, even bad teams, you, you win a game, you know? I mean, we'll figure out a way to win a game. But it, at the same time, it's like, are you sure? Again, we can't beat the Lions, dude. And, and our defense did a good job. As much as some people struggle to, to agree with that. It's the third least amount of points they've scored all season. Granted, again, two out of the last three were zero points and six points, but they scored 27 last week against Miami. In fact, their three low-scoring games, 6-0 and 24, were all on the road. Those are the three lowest-scoring games, and they're only three road games. At home... 35, 36, 45, and 27. Yeah, a very appropriate note from Andy Herman here. It says the Lions didn't even play well, and they didn't. Again, I said coming into this, that there's no reason that we should lose this game as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, and that's all we did. 
the Lions are out there throwing picks. They're, they're making stupid decisions. This is the second, I think the second week in a row, by the way, that our defense comes up with a pick and we give it right back with an interception. I think last week, or was it two weeks ago, whenever it was, there were actually three interceptions in a row. We got it back, we gave it away, and we got it back again. This time, defense didn't bail out another stupid play and decision. Ryan Wood, Lions 15, Packers 9, a five-game losing streak. Their first since Aaron Rodgers' initial season as starting quarterback in 2008 at 3-6. and six, It's almost impossible to think this season isn't over. Matt Schneidman, an embarrassing performance from the Packers, mainly on offense, to score nine points on the worst defense in the NFL is inexcusable. And that's, that's the situation. Our offense has not been able to get going all year. And I'm sorry, I'm not blaming the wide receivers because, again, you're going to see when you go back and watch this, Rodgers has time, Rodgers has guys open. And again, I know the run, the run wasn't working as well, but again, we get into the situation where we panic, the run isn't working, so we don't do it anymore. We throw, 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 throw. Rodgers gets into hero mode, and he's not doing a good job. I said that last week. What happens when we're not getting seven yards per carry? This is what happens. When we go back to two point some odd yards per carry, we say, nope, never mind. Forget this. Let's get out of here. Let's just throw. Rodgers will take care of this. And Rodgers is getting worse every week. He is getting worse every week. And, and now he has hit a new low. Schneidman continues, they're 3-6 and six with the Cowboys, Titans, and Eagles up next. Their season is all but over. Let's not forget, this is the easy part of our schedule. I understand the Jets and Giants were tougher than we thought, and now, hey, Washington's even won a, won a few, so maybe that wasn't as easy as we thought, but it seems like everybody kind of, we always think that everything's a get-right game for us. It's always a get-right game for everybody else. Watch Detroit go on to win the next three or four games, and we all say, ooh, maybe, maybe it's because Detroit was kind of good. The, bo- the bottom line is, though, we're losing to all of them. I don't take any solace in that. Well, actually, they're, they're kind of mediocre instead of terrible. Okay, but we lost, right? Well, yeah, but, you know. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Hilariously, the next note I see here is Ryan Wood. In reality, the Packers were a perfect get-right opponent for a Lions team that couldn't hang on into second-half leads. Matt Fitch says, what on earth were those last three plays? Aaron Nagler quote tweets it, hero ball. That's true. Again, what is this? And, and why, why are we doing this? This, this is a Matt LaFleur failure. Matt LaFleur refuses to acknowledge what everybody else in the world is acknowledging. Aaron, uh, Matt LaFleur had gotten crucified in the past for not allowing Aaron Rodgers to do what he does. How, how could you run the ball in that situation when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback? How do you not give him? And so he, he is now just completely traumatized by that. And, and anytime there's a, a tough situation, it's, hey, I'm going to lean on my guy. I'm going to lean on my MVP quarterback. We, we, he's the guy. He's not the guy. He's not. And he's proven that over and over and over and over and over and over and over. He cannot do anything. He can't bail you out of anything. Are you serious? Well, Sammy ran the wrong way on that last play. Dude, come on. Yeah, that, that, that'll sum up the entire drive. The one time Sammy ran the wrong way. That, that's why. Every, everything else was perfect. Why were we even in that situation of, of one more play on fourth down? Because everything was great before that. There's a lot of talk about love. I, I'd seen somebody, I don't know if this is true or not, somebody was saying that uh, Packer fans in Detroit were chanting for love to start. Again, maybe that was made up, I don't know. But again, it, it really, really doesn't have anything to do with love being better it just has to do with we need to see love. But, but as many people pointed out, what happened in this game 
even if you think Love is garbage, tell me one thing Rodgers did in this game that Love couldn't do. Every single pass was underthrown or overthrown behind a guy, under the guy. The guy threw three interceptions. I mean, what is it that he did? He had a clean pocket. So it's not like, well, there was a ton of pressure and Love can't handle pressure. He had plenty of time and couldn't do anything with it. The only thing Rodgers did that was any good was he take, took off and ran a bunch of times and, and looked like he had some uh, little, little bit of pep in his step in this game. Here's the thing. Love can do that, too. He can do it even better. There, there's just no excuse at this point, other than it's going to hurt the locker room. But is it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how people respond. So Different people probably respond differently, but you know who I think is going to be the most upset? Probably the veteran guys. You know, Mercedes Lewis isn't going to like it very much because this is like his last opportunity and you're basically giving up on the season. The young guys, though, you think they're going to negatively respond to the team saying, you know what, we're not just going to sit here and go with guys just because of the veterans. If you're young and you're hungry, you're going to play and you're going to get an opportunity. We're building for the future. We're building for you. You think the young guys like that they're being benched simply because other guys are who they are? You think nobody on the team likes and respects Jordan Love and thinks the guy deserves an opportunity? I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not sure how they'll respond. I'm just saying the only real argument that I can think is that it's going to hurt the locker room, but I don't know that it will. Look at other teams that are rallying around guys like P.J. Walker or whatever. And I know I keep bringing up Carolina. I'm just stunned at the way that they've responded to things. Is his name P.J. Walker? I don't even know what the guy's name. I don't know where he came from. Where did that guy come from? I've never heard of him before. I know Carolina got absolutely smoked, but the point is, People respond. You know, look at the Badgers. It, it just seems like it's, it's always when it's time to tear down and, and, and rebuild in a new direction, guys rally. They rally around the, the new guys that are stepping up. And it's not like they're all fired up for Rodgers right now, are they? I'm, I'm, I'm sad that it came to this. I'm sad for Rodgers that he would have to go out like this. But he's going out like this whether he gets benched or, or not. And so, yeah, maybe the best thing, I mean, the guy was clutching his thumb the entire game. Maybe the best thing is for uh, Matt LaFleur to call Rodgers into the office and say, look, it looks like your thumb's bugging you. I think we're going to shut you down for a little bit. And if Rodgers says, no, you're not, my thumb is fine, I'm going to look him dead in the eye and say, listen to me, your thumb is hurting and you are going to be out with an injury for a while. Do you understand me? And if you feel like parading around and telling people that, no, my thumb's actually fine, then I guess the only response is, you know what, fine, you're being benched because you suck. You decide how you want us to handle the PR. Do you want us to say you have an injury? Or do you want us to say you suck so bad we're putting in Jordan Love? What do you want to do, big guy? I'm sure Rodgers will play along. He won't be happy, and he'll be throwing a fit on the sideline. But that's better than, than throwing picks and then blaming your wide receivers because you hit a guy in the head and you underthrew Samori Ture and you're throwing passes behind everybody. You know? again. You think those guys are going to be like, oh man, I miss Rodgers being out here where he can't throw to us and then blames us for everything. I know, he apparently took credit for it, uh, took blame later, but I'm, I'm just, on the field, in the moment, he doesn't exactly handle these things with grace. I've said it a thousand times, the guys need something to rally around, and continuing with the same guys doing the same things doesn't give them an opportunity to rally around anything. I don't see Jordan Love as like a rah-rah guy that, that has a huge presence in the locker room. But maybe they do rally around him. And I'll be honest, it's not going to take much. We scored nine points against the 32nd ranked uh, defense. In fact, this would have been the game to do it because you want Jordan Love to succeed and get everybody excited and, and feel like, okay, we got a chance. We can do this. Let's move on. 
Now we put him out there. We put him out against some of the best teams in football. He gets crushed, and everyone's like, well, we just suck no matter what. Maybe you wait for the rough patch to end and come back out on the other side and have him go up against the Lions and the Bears and whatever. But also, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm going to Jordan Love and just telling him, I don't know when it's going to be, but you will get your opportunity to prove that you are the future of the Green Bay Packers sometime this year. Make yourself ready because you're not going to have much of an opportunity, and I apologize for that, but that's the reality. So get ready. And, and, and again, you want to talk about doing the right thing? Do the right thing by Jordan Love and give him an opportunity. That's why you shouldn't wait until he comes out on the other side. I mean, you, you worry about the locker room and getting motivated and everything else, but he deserves an opportunity to have multiple games, not just come out for one game randomly in the middle of the season, get smoked, and then everybody says Jordan Love sucks. Right? Justin Fields had an, uh, nearly an entire year last year, and then about a half a year this year, and now suddenly he's kind of looking like a quarterback. Jordan Love gets like a game, and it's like, ah, oh, that guy sucks. Did you see him in that one game that one time? Jeez. Let's give him a real opportunity. Zach Cruz, 0-4 in the red zone, 1-4 for 4 on fourth down, three turnovers, eight penalties. Boy, oh boy. Nicole Menner, Packers' Joe Barry, just walked into the locker room with his hands on his head looking like he is in disbelief. Locker room is probably just on fire right now, man, just cheering. Yeah, Joe, let's go. He's walking in, clapping, getting off. No, he's got his hands on his head, just thinking, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't know what to do. Just inspiring confidence across the board. She goes on to say, a lot of times players and coaches don't show their emotions coming off the field, but with Barry, it was very apparent. Dave Schroeder brought up a point. Aaron Rodgers came in saying to win, the Packers had to push the ball down the field more to win. He had 291 yards, 36 more than in any other game this season, but the Packers only put up nine points, three interceptions in the red zone. So again, it just it seems like no matter what we do, it doesn't work. Well, we, we're playing zone, and, and the problem is we're playing, we got to play more man, and then we play man and we get crushed, and it's like, well, fine. And it's like, well, we got to run the ball, and then we run the ball, and it's like, well, I mean, we ran, but we didn't score any points, and you can't score points when you're running. We got to throw, and then we throw, and we score even less points. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. It's like, yeah, neither do I. Neither does anybody at this point. Lions rookie Aiden Hutchinson got his first NFL interception against the Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Hutchinson said during the postgame show that Rodgers went up to him and said he gave him a gift. Rodgers is always very cordial with the other team. You ever notice that? I know somebody else had made that point uh, before. I don't remember exactly who it was, but he's always laughing and joking and having a good time with the other team. But he's not with our team. He's not doing that with our guys. He's doing it with them, but not with us. He throws a pick and he runs over to Hutchinson and just joking around with him. <laughs> I got you a gift there, buddy. Okay, Packers and Raiders are now a combined 5-12. and 12. Jeez. Schroeder says, with the Packers' loss and Vikings' win, the NFC North is no longer in the cars. The three NFC teams currently holding the wildcard spots are all on bye this week. Dallas, the Giants, and San Francisco. No other results today helped anyone else in the NFC uh, wildcard hunt, but the Packers can't help themselves. Somebody has a quote here from Josh Allen. Um, the Bills apparently lost to the New York Jets. His quote, it's tough to win when your quarterback plays like You know what? I just looked at it. Um, that streak that I said, we lost 8, 8, and 9. I went back and looked at it. Um, that covers multiple years. So that's 1951 into 1952, 1953 into 1954, and 1948 into 1949. In other words, it's a continuation of previous losses. In one season, he's correct. We have not lost eight in a row ever. I didn't realize it was doing that. So just a correction of my correction. 
Um, Eric Stokes, crutches and a walking boot. So you can add him to the list. That's four guys now I've seen with walking boots on. Four players with crutches and walking boots after this game. Uh, Kyle Melzahn says, considering the TV broadcast chose not to replay Stokes' injury, this might not be good. In other words, it might have been too gruesome to even play on television. I don't know what to say, man. So, you know, we're going to get to the press conferences. Again, I'm not going to cover them uh, through Twitter, but there's a whole lot of it. And again, as I say every week, there's not a lot to say necessarily, but they're continuing on this path of optimism. You just lost to the worst team in football, and you lost four pretty key players. It sounds like they're going to be out for a while. You might have lost more than four. Just four for sure are not playing next week. I would go so far as to say. When you got four players in walking boots and crutches, I just don't think that that's going to uh, translate into them playing next week. Paul Brettel, 25 penalties over the last three games for the Packers. That seems like a lot. Here's uh, one of the more telling things Andy Herman posted. First and goal from the five-yard line, we got zero points. First and goal from the one-yard line, we got zero points. First and 10 from the Lions' 23-yard line, zero points. First and 10 from the Lions' 14-yard line, three points. First and 10 from the Lions' 17-yard line, zero points. The Packers lost by six. By six. We could have had 12 more points if we, at least 12, if we would have just kicked a field goal every time we got in field goal range. If we get a touchdown on one of those, like from the one yard line, instead of throwing a pick, we're ahead. It's just, it's, it's, it's unbelievably brutal. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Here is, um, I want to play this from Mercedes Lewis. Uh, it's not really a press conference. It's a locker room thing, and I don't know if I'm going to necessarily find all of these later. Um, but I just want to play what he has to say because I have thoughts. Man, I feel like, you know, regardless if we would have came out with a victory, we still got to go to work. Um, can't keep continuing to beat ourselves, you know. Had a handful of opportunities uh, to win the game. Handful of plays that we should have made. Routine plays, you know. Um, so. Now, I just mentioned if anybody's going to be upset about maybe Rodgers not moving forward, it would be some of the veteran guys, maybe a guy like Mercedes Lewis because you're kind of giving up on the season or whatever. But tell me honestly, do you think, I know he's talking about a lot of different people, but do you honestly think that Mercedes isn't in large part talking about Rodgers? When you've got David Bakhtiari wide open in the end zone, 
And, and and listen, I can't even complain about that because I'm the one that said the Packers need to push all their chips in. You need to treat this game like it's the Super Bowl and blow them out of the water. So they dug deep into their playbook. They pulled out one of their one of their trick plays that he's probably had in, you know, in his back pocket for years. They pulled that play out and it worked to perfection. And Rodgers missed him by five yards and threw an interception. You think Mercedes isn't in large part talking about the quarterback when he says this stuff? Just asking. That's all we can do is get back to work. Um, keep a growth mindset about it. It's disappointing for sure. Um, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those things like, you know, if you come out and you, you know, you execute uh, to the best of your ability as a team uh, and you just fall short uh, because the other team made more plays, you can live with that, right? But if you come out uh, and you leave points on the field uh, and let opportunities swander, you know, what else can you say about that? You know, it's, uh, like I said before, this league. This is the frustrating part about this because you can't even look at that as a positive anymore. There was a time where you could look at it and say, we're still a good team, we're just not executing. At this point, this is terrifying how little this team seems to care, seems to, to want to even try to do anything. Um, because I, I, I just I don't understand how every single week we can come back and say the exact same thing every time, right? It's not that we're a bad football team. It's just that we're, we're not making the plays in front. We're not making the tackles. We're not... Where, you know, the mental lapses, the penalties, the bad throws, running the wrong route, things like that. But how do you continue to do that every single week? What is it, week nine? And we're still coming out going, well, we just made too many mistakes. It's not that we're a bad team. Bro, you're a bad team. This is, this is just your identity now. This is it. I don't know what else to say. Um, See, so yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, again, the, the, the only real hope in all this is a hope for the future. Hope that the talent is there and, and at some point they'll find a spark. You know, I mean, it, again, talking about turnover changing things, the, the Badgers had hit like an all-time low. This is a team that was losing to teams that they absolutely shouldn't. There was no hope. The team just wasn't doing anything. They fire the coach. They promote a guy. And the team rallies around him, and now they're just killing everybody. And they look like a good team again. And they're playing with heart, and they're playing with passion. Is that going to last forever? Is it because the guy that they hired is, is just an absolute head coaching genius? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just needed a change, and they needed something to rally around. Seems to be kind of a theme this year. A lot of bad football going on. Teams that are making changes are being rewarded for that. It is uh, unforgiving. You know what I mean? It, it'll humble you quick. And the margin uh, for error is small. And uh, today, we didn't make enough plays, and, you know, that's the result. Today and every day, that's the result. We just didn't make enough plays. We made too many mistakes, and you can't do that in this league. That's right. But you're gonna, you did it every week so far this year, and you're going to do it next week and then the week after that and the week after that because you're getting worse. You're not getting better. 
the other thing that's that's upsetting about this is we talk about the team making a lot of mistakes, right? Well, I can highlight Rodgers. How many other people can we highlight for sure? Again, the offensive line seems to be getting better as the weeks go on. The receivers seem to be getting better as the weeks go on. The defense seems to be improving to some degree. I mean, I think they did a good job against Buffalo. The, the, the turnovers are starting to turn around. Again, they held Detroit to like 15-ish points or something. That's, there's nothing super wrong with that, especially when your offense keeps turning the ball over. Again, I don't want to say Rodgers is the only problem, but as far as guys that you can point at and say, you are just really not getting this. Rodgers and who? Is, is Lazard in that camp? I don't think so. Dobbs? Not that I know of, maybe. Elton Jenkins? Maybe, I don't know. I, di- I didn't notice. Watson? Guy hardly plays. Tunyon? DeGuara? Jair? Savage. Okay, Savage, fine. Anybody else? We know Savage, we know Rodgers. How many other guys are just constantly messing up and, and not doing what they need to be doing? I'm sure there are others, but I, I don't know who they are. Maybe Sammy, if we assume he ran that one, but that's one play. I'm talking about week after week, play after play, down after down, over and over and over and over and over. Who is it at this point? Because there have been names in the past, but you know Rodgers is the main proponent of it. It's okay to make a mistake, but you can't keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Rodgers is the one saying, if you're not playing right, we need to put somebody else in. And at this point, Savage and Rodgers are the two guys I'm looking at going, yeah, let somebody else play. We're all looking at Savage saying, you know, maybe Rudy Ford isn't very good, but let's at least give him a shot. I agree. Maybe it's worse. I don't know. Let's find out. Who is it? Give me the names. It's not Bakhtiari. It's not Zach Tom. I think Josh Myers is doing a good job. I think uh, John Runyon's doing a good job. Quay seemed to be doing okay, I think. I don't know. Defensive line bother you? Kenny and Rashawn, Preston, Lowry maybe? I don't know. I, I, I'm not noticing somebody every single week, right? There was a time when it was Quay for like two weeks. He seems to be improving. There's two guys I'm looking at right now that, that just are not getting it. And when we talk about too many mistakes, I know the team makes too many mistakes as a whole, but you know the, the, the problem is if everybody on the team makes one mistake, that's a lot of mistakes. But who are the guys that just are not getting it? Something is just not clicking, and, and I don't know what the problem is. Like consistently every single week, Every single down, every single drive. Savage, Rodgers, and who? I'm just saying. Here's Adrian Amos at the locker room, uh, at, at his locker. We got to tell the truth. And I think that's going to be big. You know, tomorrow, getting in the film room, everybody got to tell the truth. I don't want to read too much into it. But hearing him say that, does it sound to me like maybe that's not what's been happening? Like... Enough is enough. We have to start telling the truth. And if that's the case, what is he referring to? And why would you not be doing that? Why would you not do that? Why would you do anything other than being completely brutally honest with every single thing that's going on? Are we honestly sitting here sugarcoating and protecting people that that shouldn't be getting protected or what? Or is he just kind of saying things that have been happening all year and haven't fixed anything? I don't know. But it's a weird thing to say to have a guy that's kind of fed up to say, you know what, we need to go back to the film room and start telling the truth. Seems like a weird statement from my vantage point. Tell the truth. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Stop, you know, sugarcoating stuff or whatever. Like, everybody got- Stop sugarcoating stuff. Again, why would you do? Who's doing that? You know, I, I, I'm just... 
I'm really struggling. Not that I've been defending the coaching staff, but I'm I'm struggling more and more and more to do that. You know, how do you perform this poorly all season and have players in the locker room saying, we got to start telling the truth. We got to stop sugarcoating stuff. Why would they be doing that? Again, we, we have these coaches that seem to be very player friendly and um, are pushovers. And, and, and rather than the coaches apparently ripping guys apart in the film room, you've got players saying, that's what we need to start doing this week. What do you mean start to, you haven't been doing that all year? And then again, you, I, I think I made this point earlier, but can you honestly imagine, is there anybody out there that believes that the quarterback, let's say in front of the whole team, but also just in the quarterback room or whatever, anybody is going to put up the tape of Rodgers and tear him apart in front of the team. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody would ever do that. I think that's a problem. Maybe it's happening. I don't know. But I really, really doubt it. And considering Rodgers has been going around, I mean, his quarterback coach gave him his highest grade of the season last year. I mean, how stupid is this? What, what, what was that, like a motivational tool? Like, I know he played like garbage, but let me give him a fake grade. It's like college. They just give out whatever grades they feel like. They don't actually grade anything. I remember a math class I took. I got straight Ds. The guy gave me a B. I almost dropped the class, but I, for whatever reason, didn't. I was like, well, this is going to suck. And he gave me a B. I'm like, dude, I didn't get a B once in this freaking class. Other lady gave me a D, and I got nothing but straight A's because it was a blow-off class. But she said I didn't participate enough and then decided to weight it really heavily and just like, well, you're getting a D. Like, well, what? I don't think that, that math checks out. Oh, yeah, you got a D. It's fine. Okay. Is that what that was last week? You just making up grades for Rodgers to kind of hopefully get a little pep in his step? No, dude, you were great. You were so good. And again, he's been going around kind of laughing and chuckling at the over-dramatic over fan. People are panicked. They, they're so stupid. They don't understand football. They don't know. Doesn't sound like a guy that's really been humbled. Doesn't sound like a guy that feels any threat of losing his job, of, of anything. Doesn't feel like a guy that went back into the film room and had a, co- uh, a coach eviscerate him. Sounds like he's being pampered in, uh, everywhere he goes. A guy that can do no wrong. Guy that's never been held, or, at least in a long time, has not been held accountable. And again, I'm looking dead at Matt LaFleur because, you know, being a head coach is not being a play caller. That's a different thing. I, I genuinely like him as a play caller. I like him as a game planner. I, I, like, I, I like his mental abilities as an offensive mind. But that is a fraction of what it means to be a head coach. And if we get so hung up on 13 wins and his, his, his mental knowledge and not acknowledge what all is included in being a head coach and how, how much he's falling short in those other areas and how much that's hurting us right now, we're not doing ourselves any favors. We need a leader. We need somebody that can fix this situation. You are the CEO of this team. You're not a play caller. I just, I just don't like hearing this stuff. I tell the truth. What's the problem? All right, and, and we got to fix it. And, um, you know what I'm saying? As long as we- I mean, why would you even bring that up? We got to tell the truth. Don't you always? I mean, isn't that just standard practice? Isn't that the point? Isn't that the entire point of watching the film is to tell the truth, to find out what is happening and fix it? If you're not being honest with what's on the tape, then don't watch it. It doesn't do any good. We got to be honest with ourselves, you know, honest with each other. And then um, we got to take it one game at a time. We got to be one one to the next week and ball out. 
goes on to say he hasn't necessarily saying that people have been doing that. I just know that we can't do that. Okay. Packers penalties over the last five-game losing streak. Giants, seven penalties, 37 yards. Jets, seven penalties, 42 yards. Washington, nine penalties, 69 yards. Bills, eight penalties, 58 yards. Lions, eight penalties, 81 yards. Not that it matters, says Zach Cruz, but Aaron Rodgers' quest to throw 500 touchdown passes before 100 interceptions ended today. His three interceptions today gave him exactly 100 in his career. Rodgers came up 38 touchdown passes short. Guess he didn't expect to have seven already this year. Marquez Eversall says the Packers would be 1-8 right now if not for the 14-12 win in Tampa and the overtime win against Bailey Zappi. If that was the case, they'd be in the driver's seat for the number one overall pick. Herman says, I'd be surprised if something didn't happen at 12:65 following this loss. The Lions fired their DB coach last week. Some poor performing players and coaches would be looking over their shoulder, uh, could be looking over their shoulder tomorrow. I just don't know who that would be. I mean, you, you can, I, I, I don't know. Let, let, let's just say it's savage. That feels like a BS thing to do. That's throwing a guy under the bus that's not really fixing anything. Because again, as much as it's true, yeah, probably do need to make a change there. The defense wasn't the problem last week, right? I mean, even if we say Savage was responsible for all the points, all we're doing is is dropping down the Lions' score to zero, and we win the game but played like crap. Who is it that's going to be fired or benched? Realistically, that should be. Matt LaFleur won't. Rodgers won't. Uh, are they going to have some some other coaches fall on their sword? Are they going to fire the quarterback coach? Yeah, right. They didn't even hire the guy. How are they going to fire him? That was a Rodgers hire. Rodgers, again, hired his buddy. So I, I think that should happen, but I can't think of any single person that would be fired or benched that would be kind of legitimate. There's a uh, snapshot here of an article written by Tom Silverstein. Peter Bukowski uh, took this snippet from the article. It says... LaFleur wants more motion. Rodgers wants less. LaFleur likes the quarterback under center. Rodgers likes shotgun. LaFleur needs Rodgers to be patient and supportive of the young receivers. Rodgers suggested after the game they need more hurry up and believes in tough love. Does anyone really think LaFleur came up with the tackle-eligible play that called for Rodgers to throw the ball to David Bakhtiari, a guy who can barely practice during the week because of four surgeries he's had on his left knee? Rodgers and Bakhtiari are best friends, and yeah, it would have fired up everyone if Bakhtiari were to score— but this is a must-win game on a fourth and goal at the one. Maybe a throw to Lazard or Tunyon would have made more sense. Quote, yeah, I would, Lazard said of wanting the ball in that situation, but that's regardless. If it's first, second, third, fourth and goal, it doesn't matter. I think that's just my competitive nature. I always want to help the team. Again, I would leave out the second part because I don't know if that was Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers. But the first part, LaFleur wants more motion. Rodgers wants less. LaFleur wants quarterback under center. Rodgers wants shotgun. LaFleur needs blah, 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 blah. That is an issue. Especially the part where what's happening is LaFleur saying, this is my freaking team. I was brought in here to run this offense, and you're going to be the quarterback that operates it, or I'll find somebody else. Of course he's not going to say that. they got to collaborate. they got to work together because how dare you not? He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. You have to da 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 Again, if anybody, whether it's the GM or the head coach, ever had the audacity to dare say that this is my job and I'm going to do it and I don't need your input. You are just the worst ever. Scrolling through, seeing um, 
<laughs> talking about Odell Beckham. He ain't coming to Green Bay. He can scratch that off his list. That guy wants to go play for a team that's competing. He ain't coming here, and and nor should he. If I hear anything about Roger or Brian Gutekunst is trying to go get whatever. Oh, geez, and I just saw the play for Rashawn Gary. It was non-contact. He was running and tried to turn around and just immediately grabs his knee. The pro football docs have significant worry that Packers linebacker Rashawn Gary suffered a season-ending knee injury on this play, it says. So Stokes and Gary are probably down for the year, at least those two. But anyways, that took a little longer than I expected. We never ended up taking a break, but I guess that's fine. Green Bay Packers, for the record, currently hold the number nine overall pick again. Because of our strength of schedule, pretty much everybody we're tied with, we're ahead of. Um, But the teams that are ahead of us right now, Chicago, Arizona, Jacksonville, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Carolina, and Houston. Uh, Again, there's very good reason to be, we will be three and, uh, reason to believe we'll be three and nine after these next three games. Um, These are three really good teams, and we haven't, I mean, I don't know, they're they're just very... (laughs) little reason to expect uh, many wins. So the question is, how many wins will these other teams get over the next three weeks? Well, Chicago's playing Detroit. So either Chicago moves a game ahead of us this next week, going to four and six, or Detroit comes up to three and six. And considering they just beat us uh, one way or another, if we lose, and I expect to, we will at least jump up to number eight. And think, if, if Detroit does beat Chicago, they're number two in the division. Can you even, can, does, that, can, does that even <laughs> make any sense? Think about that. They're a one-win team, worst team in the entire NFL, and if they beat the Bears next week, assuming the Packers lose, they will be the number two team in the NFC North. If the Bears win, they'll probably be number two in the NFC North with a four and six record, or if the Packers win, they're number two with a four and six record. The NFC North is so bad. So bad, but I, I'm I'm stunned by that. <laughs> Three and six, and you're the number two team. Wow. Uh, rooting for the Lions just for that that to happen because that's incredible. So, anyways, that'll put us at number eight. Arizona is playing the Rams. Both of them are three win teams. Arizona is uh, does have a earlier pick because they're three and six, and the Rams are three and five, gives them a higher win percentage. But um, either way, you have a three win team losing. So. Rooting for uh, Arizona to win in that game, but again, either way, not the worst thing in the world. Jaguars are playing the Chiefs, so it's pretty unlikely that we end up uh, overtaking them, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Pittsburgh playing the Saints. It's not impossible. Raiders also have two wins, as does Carolina. Um, Raiders are playing the Colts. Opportunity there. Carolina's playing the Falcons. Again, another opportunity for for a, a win for a team that's you know, worse than us. Finally is the Houston Texans, who are still sitting at one win. They're playing the Giants. Pretty unlikely that uh, they end up beating the Giants, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. I guess the bigger question, and I know a lot of people don't even want to have this conversation, but this this is just where we're at right now. Um, it is a pretty big factor. What are we even, you know, we, we you want the highest possible pick. What are we even shooting for? Again, I don't really like the quarterbacks. So is this like a Will Anderson thing where we get another pass rusher? That, that, and, and listen, this is kind of the issue that I have with like, oh man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have a high pick. How much better do we get with Will Anderson or Miles Murphy or Jalen Carter? I mean, it's, it's awesome if you end up getting like a premier pass rusher 
next to Rashawn, and we still have Preston for a little bit. That's cool. But our offense still sucks, right? And we still need safeties and maybe corners and possibly linebackers because Razul, I don't know how long he stays, and, and Devondre, maybe I guess he'll be here for a little bit longer. And, but Savage and Amos, what about what about them? So again, that's the reason why I don't want to see us lose to the Lions because as much as it's like, dude, we could get the number one overall pick, like, yeah, but what are you going to do with it? What's going to fix this? And, and unless you're really excited about one of these quarterbacks, if you are, cool. Again, I haven't really watched Stroud. I watched Bryce Young and I didn't like it. I know based on statistics, there's really nobody in this draft class that I like aside from, uh, what's his name, the guy that plays for a small school, Grayson McCall. And I watched him and I didn't like him at all. But Grayson McCall, in terms of the statistics and under pressure and all that stuff, he kind of checks all the boxes. But he is currently ranked 212th overall. And again, watched him play and just thought, nah, I don't know about that. So just something to keep in mind. I mean, it's exciting to be like, oh man, we could get like a, a top five pick for the first time. And, and that's exciting. The draft is exciting. But just like there's nobody that you can get at the trade deadline or free agency that's going to fix everything, there's nobody in the draft that's going to fix everything either or make you a, an elite team moving forward. It can help a lot. You look at, for example, like a, a uh, Bosa for the 49ers. That obviously helped their team a ton. But you have to have a team around that also. Something to think about. Uh, we are running short on time, so I will save, I guess, the press conferences stuff for tomorrow. Um, we'll kind of parse through that a little bit, but I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really have a lot else to, to say. It was, it was bad. There's no real prospect of it getting better, especially now that, um, the injuries have, I I think if nothing else for Brian Gutekunst, the injuries will have solidified. There is no turning this around. Now there's nothing really we can do about it at this point. The tread deadline ended last week. So even if he wanted to ship everybody off, that's, that's done and over with. Um, maybe now he can start shifting his focus to what he needed to have shifted his focus to probably last year um, in acknowledging that it's time to start moving on. But um, I don't know what that all entails, but but he needs to start shifting his focus a little bit, whether that's maybe beginning the process of looking at coaches, not saying we need to move on 100%, but at least, at least start putting together a list of names, something to consider. Um, your your scouting staff, you know, really do some work on quarterbacks, you know, really, really make sure you're looking at some of those top five prospects because we're probably going to get a swing at somebody. Find out who the absolute best player is in the draft and plan on getting them. But anyways, you guys have yourselves a great day. Please be sure to call in 608-501-0718 to leave your thoughts, feelings, emotions, etc. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.